You're listening to the Outdoor Photography Podcast, Episode 10. In today's Tidbit Tuesday, I'm going to share five ways to help you get out of the photography doldrums. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Brenda Petrella, the creator of Outdoor Photography School. Join me as I sit down with top landscape and nature photographers and outdoor industry experts to chat about creativity, composition, photography tips and techniques, essential gear, safety in the outdoors, respect for nature, and so much more. Tune in every week to learn how to create compelling and impactful images while exploring and enjoying the natural world. Welcome to the Outdoor Photography Podcast. Hey everybody, Brenda Petrella here, here to help you create better images and reconnect with nature. Today, we're going to talk about a difficult thing that I'm willing to bet we have all experienced at one time or another, which is finding yourself in a photography slump or a creative drought. Sometimes it's spurred on by long stretches of less than ideal weather for nature photography or from feeling like everyone else's images are so much better or a global pandemic and not being able to travel or you get the idea. You know, nothing feels inspiring. You're unhappy with your images. You feel stuck on how to make them better. And and I can relate. I definitely go through periods of not feeling inspired as well. Sometimes buying a new piece of gear can be an effective cure for photography funk But other times we know deep down inside that a lack of gear really isn't the problem. So I'm going to share five ways to help you get out of a photography slump so that you can feel inspired and start feeling good about your photography again. Nothing's impossible I have found For when my chin is on the ground I pick myself up, dust myself off Okay, so probably the most important and most challenging thing to do is to turn off the internal critic in your head. And I know this is definitely easier said than done, but at least try to notice it when it's happening, identify it as not helpful, and then let it go while you're trying out some of the following suggestions. Now, I want to point out that the goal of these five exercises is not to create portfolio quality images. We're going to leave that expectation at the door. If it happens, great, but that's not the point. The point is to play and have a little fun. And one way to do that is to let go of any expectations and just accept what is, whether that's the current stage of your growth as a photographer or it's the light that's in front of you. It's all good. So on that note, the first exercise is what I lovingly refer to as the throwaway exercise. The idea is to give yourself permission to make a whole bunch of crappy images. So forget what you've learned about composition. Don't try to follow any specific guidelines and try photographing things that you never have before. Try overexposing, underexposing, Put the subject or the horizon in weird places. Use intentional camera movement and and just play. So the goal is to approach image making in an entirely different way and to get outside of your comfort zone. By going into this exercise, knowing that you're going to throw away the images, 
it releases some of that pressure to create something meaningful or expressive or beautiful. And you'll likely find that your curiosity will kick in and you may start seeing things differently. And you may even find yourself having a little fun. So the second exercise is kind of the opposite, and that is to give yourself restrictions. As Plato said, necessity is the mother of invention. So if you limit what you can photograph or how you can photograph it, you will need to rely on your creativity to bust through any barriers. So for example, you can pick your least used lens and only shoot with that for a week or two. What sort of images can you make at those different focal lengths? Or perhaps you normally shoot landscapes with a deep depth of field, then pick a shallow depth of field and only use that for a week. Or try staying in one location for an hour, which could even be just your backyard, and try to find 10 unique compositions. Or pick a theme, like I'm only going to photograph the color red today, or I'm only going to photograph tree bark. By, by picking a theme, you're activating what's called the reticular activating system of your brain, which basically works to filter out the chaotic world so that you only pay attention to or notice what you're focusing on. So for example, I drive an orange truck, which may seem like an unusual color. And I thought it was until after I bought it. And then it seemed like all I was noticing was orange colored vehicles. So that was my reticular activating system at work. I didn't have any reason to notice orange cars prior to that. So by limiting your options, you will be able to dive deeper into that one realm. And by doing so, you'll find that your eyes will naturally start to attune to different potential compositions that may have been previously overlooked. My third suggestion is to partake in a completely different creative activity. So if you play a musical instrument, play or listen to more music. If you're a writer, spend some time journaling or writing short stories. Or if you like working with your hands, like woodworking or gardening or what have you, perhaps find a new mini project to work on. The point of this is to give the photography side of your brain a much needed rest. Often, you'll find that this break will be refreshing. And by having another creative outlet, you're still exercising your creative muscles, which will help your photography when you return to it. My fourth suggestion to help you get out of a photography rut is to learn a new technique. Often, when we are just learning something for the first time, we have very little expectation of doing it well from the get-go. So like I said in the beginning, by having lower expectations, you often will have a more positive experience. Some techniques that you could try if you haven't already include playing around with long exposures, time lapses, night sky photography and light painting, macro photography, focus stacking, exposure blending, or even drone photography. And lastly, my fifth suggestion for curing your photography doldrums is to just leave your camera at home. Go out and enjoy nature for the sake of connecting with nature alone. So no requirements for epic images or perfect light or moody atmosphere or anything like that. Just be out there 
and appreciate the fresh air, the sounds of the birds, the colors, the wind on your face, and the ability to experience it. And I'll share a quick story that may also help. So as some of you know, I have a two and a half year old daughter named Maya, and she hasn't quite grasped the concept of impossibility yet. So for example, she'll drop a book between her car seat and the car door while I'm driving, and she'll ask me to get it. And I'll say, well, I can't because I'm driving. And she'll respond, well, you could try. And so now when I'm out and feeling, eh, I don't think there's a composition here. I don't think it's worth taking the camera out or whatever. I'll hear her in the back of my head saying, you could try. And it usually helps me get out of that negative vibe. So consider that the next time you're feeling a little stuck. All right, now let's get on to your submitted questions. As you know, I enjoy hearing from you. And if you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast, just click the link in today's episode description or go to outdoorphotographyschool.com forward slash podcast and click the button to record your question. This week's first listener question comes from Spider's Lion. Hello, Brenda. Thank you for all your content. Question about storing and uploading photos. I've been taking pictures since the dark ages with 35 millimeter, but with everything on digital now, I get a little overwhelmed with all the different options of uploading. I've got some things on an iPhone, an iPad, a computer, on Amazon photos, and so on and so forth. Is there one central location that you recommend for uploading, editing, and sharing photos for a non-professional? Thanks for the tips. Bye. Thank you, Spider's Lion, for this question. Now, there are a lot of different options out there, and not all of them do a great job of all three tasks of storing, editing, and sharing. And you asked for recommendations for the non-professional. So I imagine this means that you're looking for affordability as well as dependability. And you mentioned that you used to shoot film and have recently moved to digital, So I'm going to assume that you have a DSLR or mirrorless camera and that your photography isn't limited to images captured with your iPhone. And so you may have some fairly large image files. The three big tech companies, Apple, Google, and Amazon, each have their own version of cloud photo storage that can be synced on multiple devices and have comparable levels of allowable amounts and prices. Google used to have unlimited storage, but as of last week, uh, June 1st, Google now only offers 15 gigabyte storage included with your Gmail account. And if you require additional space, then you can purchase it by becoming a Google One member. So as of this recording, you can get 100 gigabytes for $19.99 per year, 200 gigabytes at $29.99 per year, and 2 terabytes at $99.99 per year, and that's in U.S. dollars. Since it sounds like you already have images in Apple iCloud Photos, it doesn't really make sense to move those out of it and into the Google or Amazon ecosystems for the purpose of consolidation. Apple iCloud Photos is a super handy way for storing images you take on your phone because the camera roll can feed directly into the cloud storage. And it's also super easy to post then on social media, such as Instagram, directly from your camera roll. Plus, if you back up your images to your computer 
and back up your computer with Time Machine, then you have redundancy built into your system in case of a loss. Now, you didn't ask me specifically about backup options, so I won't go into those details here. But if anyone listening wants a guide on how to best make sure that you have a good backup system set up for your images, then check out the article I wrote on Outdoor Photography School called Protect Your Photos with This Backup Strategy, which I'll link in the show notes. Okay, so then what do you do with the images off of your DSLR or mirrorless camera? If you do any shooting in RAW format rather than just JPEG, then I think using a software like Adobe Lightroom or Skylum's Luminar is your best option, even for the hobbyist. iCloud can store RAW images, but it will convert it to a JPEG for displaying in photos. And with the bigger files, you'll likely need more storage. Currently, Apple's prices are $0.99 per month for 50 gigabytes, $2.99 for 200 gigabytes, and $9.99 per month, $9.99 per month for 2 terabytes. So whichever company you go with, you'll have to pay for storage in some capacity. In terms of sharing images, having your images in your phone's camera roll is very convenient because you don't have to do an extra export step. However, the photo editing options in Apple and Google are very limited. So that is why I recommend Adobe Lightroom, which for $9.99 a month, you get 20 gigabytes of cloud storage that syncs across devices. Plus, you can access both Lightroom and Photoshop on multiple devices. Lightroom also organizes your images in a catalog library that is searchable with keywords, and there are numerous ways of organizing the images. And if you need more cloud storage, you can also purchase one terabyte of cloud storage uh, with the apps at $19.99 per month. I have not used Luminar or other editing software programs, and so I can't uh, recommend them from any sort of personal experience, but I hear that they are also very good. What I do is keep my iPhone images separate, and then I back them up to my laptop, which I back up locally with Time Machine and online backup with Backblaze. The images I take with my DSLR or mirrorless cameras all go onto an external four terabyte hard drive, which these days are pretty cheap. And that hard drive is backed up locally to another hard drive. And both of those are backed up offsite with Backblaze which is only $60 a year for unlimited backup. I don't pay for any additional iCloud or Adobe Cloud storage because I don't use it. So for around $180 a year, you can get the organizing and editing power of Lightroom and Photoshop and the offsite backup advantage of Backblaze. Of course, it doesn't account for the hard drive costs, but you'll likely need them anyway with the larger image files. So if you were to stay entirely within Apple for both kinds of images, then you would be spending around $120 a year and you would have much less editing capability. So it really comes down to your personal preference and needs, but I hope this information helps to answer your question. Now let's hear from Gary. Brenda, this is Gary from New Jersey. I wonder if you could recommend two or three podcasts that you like for photography, and two or three books on photography that you recommend. Thanks. 
Thank you, Gary, for this question. And I hope you're doing well and make it back to Vermont soon. I listen to a lot of podcasts, partly why I decided to start one. And uh, my library has changed quite a bit over the years, but a few related to photography that I recommend include F-Stop, Collaborate, and Listen, hosted by Matt Payne, who was our guest in episode one, and also Impact, the Conservation Photography Podcast, hosted by Jamie Heinbuck, who was our guest in episode seven. So be sure to check out those episodes to learn more. Another podcast that I think is worth listening to is the Wild and Exposed podcast, which recently partnered up with NAPA, which is the North American Nature Photographers Association, and their podcast called the Nature Photographer Podcast. And they co-produce episodes twice monthly on Wild and Exposed. They mostly feature wildlife and conservation photographers, but they also have landscape and nature photographers as well. A third photography podcast that I would recommend is Vision in Light by Alistair Ben which he does as a video podcast, so you can watch it on YouTube as well. He does both solo shows and interviews and focuses primarily on composition and expressive photography. In terms of books, I definitely recommend the ones from the guests we've already had on the podcast, like Brenda Tharp's books on composition and Rob Hirsch's book on Yosemite. And I'll link to all of my recommendations in the show notes, which you can find at outdoorphotographyschool.com forward slash episode 10. If you're looking for a comprehensive study on expressive photography and personal vision, then I also recommend checking out Bruce Barnbound's book, The Art of Photography. Another book that I highly recommend checking out is Guy Tao's More Than a Rock, which is not your typical coffee table or educational book. While he includes some of his incredible images, it's primarily a collection of personal essays on creativity, connecting with nature, photography as art, and more. And it's really, really an interesting read. And if anyone out there has any other recommendations for Spiders, Lion, and Gary, please feel free to leave them in the comments section of the show notes at outdoorphotographyschool.com forward slash episode 10. All right. Thanks so much for listening to this Tidbit Tuesday and for your submitted questions. As always, I appreciate you and I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. Next week, we'll be chatting with Linda Nickel about doing landscape and nature photography in Texas. And shortly after that, Sarah Marino will be on the show to dive into creativity and composition. If you're loving the podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would take a minute to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And thank you to everyone who has already done so. I so appreciate the feedback and the reviews are the best way to help others learn about the show. And I'll be back here next week. So until then, get outside, my friends, and find yourself a little nature. Take care.